Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Hey folks, it's Friday. It's V for Velas. Velas is on with us, folks, and you can find him over at Rogue in the Discord as well as here on YouTube. And uh, he's he's one of our our featured prolific commentators. The one and only Velas is here, and CJ's here as well. Also, check out our paid sponsors, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness. Hit the coupon code Rogue twenty five to get twenty five percent off all your CBD purchase. So it's going to be pretty awesome. And it's a great time for you to do that. And with all that, with all that out of the way, Vela's CJ, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys? Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. I need more caffeine. I slept late yesterday and I'm just uh, getting through, man. Getting through. <laughs> I'm doing great. I went to go uh, check out the new Bond flick last night. Um, oh, that's right. No time to cuck. No time. No time to cuck. No time. How to was cuck. it? It wasn't too bad. I mean, I overall, I would, I would watch it again. I would have watched it again. But you know, all, all these movies now and being, you know, socially and politically correct and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. So I mean, but, but but the scenes were, were were phenomenal. They weren't like over over stretching or overreaching in terms of like reality. Like there's no fucking freaking way that's gonna happen, you know, and stuff like that. But it was good. It was good. And today's great. Hit the gym and and ready ready for the weekend. Most importantly, how are the cars in the movie? Nice, you know that that Jaguar, right? That silver is it a Jaguar? Did he have that silver silver Jaguar? Um, the Aston Martin, the, the the the. Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. So, and then there's a a newer version of that that's uh, featured in the movie as well. A couple product Aston. placements. It looks like Nokia has a new phone coming out, or probably Nokia. out already. So you know how really? they always do the product placements through the uh, through the movies where they're like, oh look, it's just a, a three second product placement, but here it is. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Bellas, how was your uh, week, man? Doing okay, hanging in there. Um, had some amusing feedback this week from uh, both legal counsel on uh, any of us that are federal contractors about the, the COOF deadline of, of, depending on where you're working, the middle or end of um, November. One of the things I've picked up of late from a number of, of contracting folks I know is um, both the firm for whom I work right now um, and others that are out there, because you're never going to hear this in the news, folks, is everybody out there who has firms that provide the government contract is is just sweating blood right now. They're just nervous as all get out. Um, my firm and a couple of the others with whom we're working right now on our current contract are expecting losses of 20 or 30 percent of folks who will just resign rather than deal with this. Yeah. Um, I've got some friends down south um, in Huntsville. Uh, at the Army base down there, I've got some friends at the Naval facility out in San Diego and a couple Air Force bases across the country where I did some work in prior lives, and and they're all telling me the same thing. They said the going number is 20 to 30 percent 
of, of contractors. We'll just wait this out and see if the government's got the stones to release them. And if they do, fine. So there's a whole bunch of, of government leaders and stuff in different agencies that are, are quietly behind the scenes going to the Senate, the House, the White House, others, and saying, how, how are we going to function if we lose this many people? Now, the other end of that, which is funny, not really, um, article just came out this morning, and I posted it to um, the Velis, um, hashtag Velis section of Discord, uh, which is uh, the Volok conspiracy off Reason Magazine. Mm-hmm. talking about why it is because uh, that's the big one folks is osha and the department of labor the white house said well they're going to provide um guidance on how this is going to be enforced and those two agencies came back on the 27th of september and said no we're not <laughs> no we're not providing any guidance no absolutely not we're not wading into this quagmire because because <laughs> you know the white house any any u.s president regardless of political affiliation they can say whatever they can want but it's a recommendation We've got three branches of government for a reason. Right. Um, so the Senate can pass a law, but if the House of Representatives doesn't fund it, it's it's an un, it's uh, a funded mandate, but it has no legal authority. If the Senate passes or if the House passes something that's funded, but the Senate uh, doesn't back it with a, a law, it's it's another non-backed mandate. We used to deal with this all the time when I was at Homeland Security, where there'd be this big laundry list of things. And it's like, God, we've got to appear before Congress. And we've got to do all these things. And we've got to address all this stuff. And the more seasoned people would just lean back in their chairs with their 35-year-old coffee mug and go, not really. <laughs> these, these are all unfunded or non-legal mandates. Basically, this is like a nice to have if our agency can do it, but we don't have the money or the staff. So we're just going to tell Congress the same thing every year. No, we haven't done we haven't done anything about that, huh. and, and we're not going to. Right. So the thing about the article, um, which the author I thought was pretty precise about it, which is uh, CZ's got there on the screen right now, is um, whether it's OSHA and the Department of Labor kind of dragging their feet or not, it doesn't matter. That they're trying to scare people into doing this, and and we've seen this before in a strange twist back during Donald's administration. Um, you know, there was, we had a massive drop off in people coming across the border into the United States because they were just anticipating that he was going to do something. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we hadn't even started on the wall yet. So it's the same thing here. There's a lot, you know, we're getting in my agency, we're getting pinged every week. There's meetings, there's people sitting there saying, well, you haven't put your name in the database yet. And you still see these, these communications going through I'm I'm looking at them in real time where people are saying, what's your legal authority? If I, if I don't do this other than you being really unhappy, what are you going to do? Because I had to explain to a person I work with where they're like, well, but the agency, and I'm like, our agency makes recommendations. That's Correct. all we do. We don't have, you don't want us having legal authority. You don't want a lot of federal agencies having legal authority. I said, if, if the National Institutes of Occupational Safety and Health or NIOSH, if they tell manufacturers across the United States, whether it's Honda or Subaru or General Motors or whomever, if you've got an oil spill on the floor, that's got to be cleaned up within 15 minutes or else you could risk a worker's safety and health by slipping on that. But I'm like, that agency with Inside Health and Human Services doesn't show up and write you a ticket. OSHA does that. The Department of right. Labor does that. And there's a reason for that. So it's the same thing here. It, it will be very interesting to see how this turns out. I've, I've actually spoken to several attorneys in several states. I've got one guy right now in retainer if I need him. Um, he's already won two cases against 
government agencies already. Hmm. And the judge, the judge in the case was like, I completely back what the government is doing, but you've made a powerful argument and the law is law. And so no. <laughs> wow. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, lawsuits this... are starting to fly all over the place, man. It's really starting to happen. This is turning into a quagmire. This, this, it, am, this, this raw ambition of you need to get this done. You need to have this job. And again, it's the government with their stupidity. Go ahead and take the hill. Okay, we took the hill. Now what? I don't know. It's well, and like, I, it's crazy. Well, and I, I, I hate to use this analogy, but it's like the really bad kid whose parents are like, "I'm going to ground you if you do that," and and the the kid has the stones to sit there and say, "Okay, <laughs> here's me doing it." <laughs> now what? <laughs> You know, and it's the same thing here. I know a lot of people I'm working with who are like, well, I guess I'm going to have to. And I'm quietly talking to them saying, why? For what? Well, I don't have your many years in the legal community and in the courts. And it's like, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You work for the agency. You've been, well, I'm a Fed. I understand that. How are they going to enforce it? Well, you contractors have it easier. No, we don't. How are they going to enforce it? How are they going to enforce it? No, no, no. Well, I don't want to go to court. You may not have to. How are they going to enforce it? It's it's like Gus's thing about the conversation he got into on Wednesday's show where he was talking to the person who said, you know, this, that, and the other about our current situation. And, and Gus, I think, was talking about, but the fatality rate of the illness is only X. And the person looked at him like it was the Flat Earth Society. It's like they, their brain couldn't register that because yes. the only things they're listening to is what they've been told. Right. And you have all these businesses out there that are folding and saying, well, you know, we're going to get hit with a $700,000 fine. And it's like, really? How? Oh, I know United Airlines is going to go along with this shit. And I know that several major corporations are going to go along with it. They all going to go along with it because they've got BlackRock figuratively or literally holding a head to every member of their board of directors. I totally get that. But if you're running a construction company out in Iowa or a grain elevator unit in Ohio, or you're doing this, that, and the other in Pennsylvania or whatever it might be, who's coming for you? Yeah. I mean, given the backlogs of government, it could be a decade before they show up. And by then the laws will have changed. So this kind of dovetails into one of the messages I wanted to to also give everybody, because I've been talking with a lot of you on Discord, and I thank you for that. Um, One of the mental analogies I wanted to give everybody this morning is if we were all right now and the year was 1941 and we're living in Belgium or France and, and the Germans are now occupying our countries. Are we going to go raise a militia of 50 people to go march on Berlin? No. 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 So we've got to get ourselves centered here, folks. we got to stop getting worked up about Washington, our state capitals, or whatever. The French, the Belgians, the Eastern Europeans, the list goes on. All those resistant movements operated locally yep. because they knew the area. They knew, they knew how things were laid out. And what it's one of those organic things the things we used to study in military science is collectively they're slowing down wearing down the enemy the adversary yeah. whoever that might be and so none of us listening to the, to this program or or other folks we have here on rogue we don't need to run for office or quote unquote change things in washington or whatever it is collectively we're a chorus so if you're a little off key, don't worry about it. But it's like maybe your thing is a school board. Maybe your thing is something else. And this is a topic I'm going to get into a little later um, because I have a rather considerable 
focus on broader ways of looking at the victories we have right now, and I'll, I'll get into that a little later. So my normal housekeeping, um, Nashville's thermobaric explosion last December. No, we still don't have an answer. And the French hosting provider, OVH Cloud, last March, no yeah. answer there. God only knows where Julian Assange is, and no, Jeff Epstein did not kill himself. Um, this week, uh, it was revealed that the feds have been quietly asking Google to inform on users conducting research and searches on the site. Now, several things about that. Number one, uh, if that leaked out, it's because the government wanted it to. And that yeah. goes to this whole thing about we're going to we're gonna scare you. Ooh, you better be scared. Um, because Google is the intelligence community, so let's just be clear on that. And then the second thing is, is one of the many services we provide here at Rogue is uh, the resources section of the Discord page. Uh, from last fall to now, there's a ton of resources out there, including... Uh, myself and others, uh, we've provided a ton of alternative search engines and tools and ways to navigate around the internet without Google or others keeping an eye on what you're doing. Um, and if anybody's getting stuck on that, just send me a, a note on Discord and I'll be happy to help out. Um, I brought up a while back the cyber polygon thing, the simulation that was conducted last July 5th. And the simulation was about uh, a power grid attack, which is amusing. Uh, because the simulation they ran the year before was about what would the world do in a global pandemic? What are yeah. the odds? Um, and those events are funded by the World Economic Forum, so keep that in mind. But as we're moving into fall and winter, and again, not to panic anybody, but um, some of us were talking uh, on the chat there earlier about our ammunition supplies. Um, you know, stock up on what you need. I've mentioned this on a prior show. Don't panic. Don't freak out. But but do what you need to do. Uh, remember, health food stores, from a food perspective, you know, have flour and, and things if, you're, if your store should run, run out. And, uh, you know, are you living in a cold climate or a warmer climate? Yeah, you know, I would, I would take an assessment of your blanket situation uh, and see how you're doing. With that, uh, CJ, could you pull up the picture I sent you? So the rules of monopoly, what if the bank runs out of money? <laughs> the hey. bank never goes bankrupt. Just use <laughs> slips of paper to keep track of each player's transactions. Isn't it funny how close to real life that is right now? <laughs> it, 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 it hits real life on, uh, right on the, on the head, man. That, that's exactly where we are. It reminds me of some of the, the military folks I had working with me with a defense contractor uh, out in the research lab where I worked and all of them had seen combat. And one of the guys was like, yeah, it's it's funny until you're getting shot at. <laughs> then it's like, ooh, wait a minute. This is way more serious. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm. there's many elements of why I'm using this image today, and not the least of which is, is, is the thing that's been floating around about, my God, would they seriously uh, print? Uh, it's actually not one. It would be two coins who have a face value of a trillion dollars each. And I had some some people asking me on, on Discord, you know, would they actually do it? And I'm like, well, my God, after the last two to three years, I mean, what's off the table? I'm still waiting for the alien landings. I said, no. The part of the coin thing that's more interesting is, is that, um, and yes, run in returns. You're, you're definitely correct about the vitamin thing. Um, I said, no, the more interesting thing is, is if you've read how they would do it, they would mint the coins and then under armed guard, uh, like essentially walk them across the street to the Federal Reserve and turn them in. That's the part of it that I found funny <laughs> was like nothing so is electronic ridiculous. or automatic. It's like it's, it's ceremonial. Like, 
It, yeah, exactly. It's and, 1922. And, and, I got to watch. And those who are buying, and those who are buying U.S. bonds are going to be laughing their heads off. This is a joke. Oh my god. So, going to move into two mental concepts I want to share with all of you before I get into the victories thing because we've we've got to clear our heads. Uh, to quote the the, the uh, comedian Bill Hicks, and I don't mean this in a literal sense, I'm just using it figuratively, Bill Hicks and his, his comedy routines back in the 1990s talked about he and a bunch of his buddies in rural Texas took what Terrence McKenna called a heroic dose of psilocybic mushrooms, five dried grams of the stuff, and he said our third eye was squeegeed quite clean. Um, we we need to to cleanse our minds here, folks, as we get into some of the stuff I'm talking about. So the first thing is, the first mental concept, um, there was a science fiction program that that Fox uh, Networks came out with in the 80s called Space Above and Beyond, and it was actually pretty good for, for the era, both the special effects and the, the characters and the storyline and so on, and it was only on for about a season. There was a backstory in the main narrative about... Um, individuals or characters called synths or synthetics. Mm -hmm. And that at one point in Earth's history, we developed a synthetic workforce where they looked like people. Uh, you could kind of tell by their skin that they were they were androids. But um, this was all prior to the main storyline. But but the, the, the backstory on these were interesting. Um, they carried out either dangerous uh, work or menial tasks around people's homes. The list goes on. They were connected by a global communications network. And so when one uh, synthetic worker learned something, then they all knew how to do that. And if one of them developed a better way of doing it, then the whole network knew how to do it. But they had very limited personality, and they just kind of operated on that network. And it's uh, in today's parlance, it's like the Internet of Things before that term even came into being. So in the backstory on the TV show, what happened was is a hacker entered that network and entered a virus into the collective consciousness. Now, the result of the virus was the machines went insane. They started killing people in games of chance. And if you won the game, then you could live. If you lost, they would kill you. But the more interesting part is, what was the virus he entered into the operating system? He entered the command phrase, what if? That's it. He opened them to the idea of chance. They had been living in a very scripted world where everything they did was, was prescribed, um, documented. It was within the, the collective consciousness. These machines just did what they were supposed to do. The, the world or the universe as they knew it was just their work, their task. I'm going about my, my business. There was no alternative ability to perceive anything. And if you, for those of you out there, and please, anybody who writes computer code, please don't go lighten me up later. I'm just making an example. If for those of you who, who are at least even basically aware of certain kinds of computer code, you have like phrases like and, if, not uh, assume, but like when you say what if and you don't complete the command line, it, it just opens the system right up. And so everything broke down because that idea broke the system. And there's a lot of philosophical people who for years have put out work where they've said that Christianity, the early Christian church, not unfortunately in some cases what we're dealing with right now, but the early Christian church in the Roman Empire, that's why Christianity destroyed the Roman Empire. 
Christianity was a virus that the Romans could not stop. It was a mental concept of salvation and empowerment where the state, boy, this sounds familiar, where the state is not what determines who you are. Yeah. It's your relationship with the divine. It's your relationship with yourself. It's your relationship with your fellow human beings. So second mental idea, Roger Bannister, the famous uh, British runner, uh, he broke the four minute mile, which was everyone had said that it would be physically impossible for uh, a runner to run a mile in less than four minutes. And he did it. And how did he do it? Did he have new shoes? No. He made some slight uh, changes to his training regimen. He changed his strides a bit. But the net of it is, what changed? He believed. He embraced the idea that he could break the four-minute mile. Now, did he train like crazy? Yes. Was he 82 years old at the time he did it? Because there, there are certain limits? No. But he believed he could break that, that record. Yeah. And then 46 days after he broke the four-minute mile, his record was broken. And within a year of him having broken the four-minute mile, many other runners also completed a mile in less than four minutes. And as of this show today, 20 runners have broken Bannister's record. Hmm. By 1999, an Italian runner has now gotten it down to three minutes, 43 seconds. Wow. And the total number of runners since roughly 1956-57 when Bannister broke the record is 1,497. What changed? Shoes? Training methods? Hmm. No. They believed. They changed their perception of the world in which they lived, and they believed. So one person can and does make a difference. But we I was going to say the steroids have gotten better. Right, right, right. <laughs> that, that and cross better blood with doping. <laughs> right. And oxygenating my blood. So... Before, before we can become a chorus of voices united in a lot of the things that we're dealing with and a lot of things we talk about here on Rogue, one person needs to sing the song. You don't need to be on key, but, but you got to sing the song. So case in point, and several items here, uh, research of public data. Uh, it was the attorney Thomas Rents of the Rents Law Firm who has used artificial intelligence software, and he was able to prove that mRNA drugs are causing greater illnesses in Medicare patients 65 and up. Yep. The data was there, but he was the one who found the means to get a hold of it and run it through various types of software analysis to come up with the data he needed to factually prove what people had suspected. And of course, my thanks to CJ, because he posted some of that detail in Discord along with a couple of other articles that were there. We continue to have these resignations of government health personnel, many of whom, as I've said on last week's show, FDA, CDC, HHS, NIH, they all believe in what the agency is supposed to be doing, but they see what is being done to the agencies. And they'd rather resign than, than stay there. Um, I was on a conference call uh, last week, and I was kind of talking about this on the front end of the show. There was a, a conference call about um, the man, well, <laughs> I use the word loosely. I, I call it a recommendation. They call it a mandate uh, for people to get inoculated at least two weeks prior to November 22nd, because that's the... Uh, the government goal. And there were a couple of hundred people on that call. And as many of you know, I've been around, I've worked for the government, I've worked for commercial firms, I've been on large, you know, company wide or organization wide calls about here's what we're doing next week, or we've achieved this really great thing, or 
in the case of MCI WorldCom, Bernie Ebers standing there saying, I don't know why our books are screwed up and, and these claims of fraud. I just don't know where this is coming from. That, that one was fun. Um, but in 25 years, I've never seen, I'm not, that's not hyperbole. I'm dead serious. In 25 years, I've never seen what I saw on that call. I have never, I have worked with organizations that are under unbelievable stress. And certain, certainly some folks have commented about whatever we're talking about on the corner there where the chat, kind of like here on YouTube, where the chat is going by and people are saying, well, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think this plan is going to work. I have never in my life seen what I saw on that call where federal and contractor personnel are flat out calling the, the presenters liars. Wow. People are flat out saying, you can have my job. People are flat out saying, we work for this agency and we know that's not true about whatever it was they were talking about. Hmm. And, you know, they ran this, this presentation deck by us. And of course, I'm looking at every single bullet point there in, in my head thinking, okay, that's a kind of a misstatement. That's flat out wrong. That's a damn lie. You know, this, that, and the other. I, I literally thought people were going to be coming through their display screens and start beating these people over the head with their, with their laptops. Jesus. I have never seen that much emotion on a call with an audience that large where, I mean, not to be indelicate, every statement being made by my colleagues with whom I worked on that call, all I could think of was each and every one of you have just committed an integrity violation and can be terminated right now. Mm -hmm. And you've reached the point that you no longer care. Yep. And so you just ran the four minute mile in under four minutes. Uh, parental rights talked about this on a lot of shows, um, the school board thing, the city councils, et cetera. Yes, I know. I saw the FBI memo this week. And From Heinrich Garland? Heinrich Garland? Yeah, there's, and there's a lot with that, folks. I mean, again, the, and I'm going to channel my inner guest demos here. If, if these were deep ideologues who truly believed, hey, society, I know you're really upset that we're telling you all what to do, but it's for the best – I could almost deal with that more easily than a person who's who's implying, again, is implying. What's what's the law? Did someone at a school board meeting throw a knife at somebody on the panel? Did somebody walk in with a gun? You know, I know CJ's example this week of the guy who forgot that he had a concealed carry. That's a that's an outlier. Um, but the net of it is 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 people being upset, people raising their voice. You could, I mean, you can go to, the, what does the law say? Assault is, I feel that you attacked me. Battery is, you came into physical contact with me. That's the law. So it's like you can claim I verbally assaulted you during a school board meeting, but there's not a judge on this planet unless they've got a really slow week who's going to let that case go to trial. So you've got upset parents who are upset with school boards. That is not assault. That is not battery. But what's your real motivation? Your, your daughter's husband is running a company that sells the materials that these schools are pushing on the students. I mean, you could be, you could be selling materials. Your, your daughter's son could be selling materials that are very pro-American and talk about a very positive view of the United States. That's still wrong. You're gaming the system. And this kind of goes into Mike Moore's thing about this is just, it's the money. It's just that the graft and the corruption is so obvious now. And thanks to the internet and programs like ours and, and other resources that are out there, they can't hide anymore. This crap's been going on for years, but now 
parents are learning how to organize. Parents are learning how to communicate. And there's new organizations to that effect. I've added both of these to the Discord site. We have two new parental support groups out there. One is called Counterweight. I posted their link on the Velis Discord on 928. And the second is Parents Defending Education. I posted that link on both the resources page and the Velis page on uh, the 7th of this week. Um, you know, take a look at those websites. They're kind of clearing houses for information, but it's also kind of key to what if, you know, how would you organize? How do you get the information you need? What can or can you not do relative to dealing with uh, these school boards or uh, content that's taught to your kids or whatever it might be? Um, we have the continuation of new tactics. Uh, Matt Walsh, who's an activist, um, I had to chuckle when I saw this one. He recently rented a property in the famous Loudoun County, Virginia. I've talked about what's going on in Loudoun County a number of times. It's kind of ground zero of this topic of, of school boards and so on. So he rented a, a, a property in Loudoun County, which legally under the law gave him the right to attend school board meetings. He doesn't even have kids. So he showed up at the school board meeting oh, and his no. opening comment was, you're all child abusers and I'm here to call you out. <laughs> I posted that one on the Velos page on the on the 29th. You can go see that. Go see that article. Um, to something you said, V, and I've had this conversation with a couple of the folks on the Discord page, as well as some of the attorneys with whom I've been talking. Um, there are countless legal cases out there, folks. Thousands, literally thousands. I'm not making that number up. It's thousands. When it comes to parental rights, school board policies, contents uh, taught in the schools, employment law. Yes, including the COOF. Um, there are uh, city municipal rules. Um, certain parties who kind of, as I've mentioned this before on other shows, may perhaps run an entire county in your home state. People bringing legal actions and so on. Now, do all cases win? No. But like war, every battle teaches us new tactics. There was a famous exchange with Erwin Rommel when his forces were first engaging the American army in North Africa. And it's been portrayed in a number of films and so on and written about in books where one of his adjutants kind of trying to play up to him said, well, I don't, I don't think the American army is anything to be too concerned about. You know, we completely cleaned their clock at, at the battle of Kasserine and um, what do you call it? Rommel's comment back to his officer was the Americans are learning. Mm -hmm. Every time I defeat them, they're getting better. And, and he said, and that's a very expensive education for them and us because we're short of troops and resources. The Americans are not. Right. So as, as I mentioned, you know, uh, I talked about this a little earlier. It's kind of a civics 101 thing about branches of government. And one of the attorneys I was talking to this week, you know, we were both kind of joking about the fact that it's like everybody has forgotten what you learned in high school and middle school about how government worked. You know, and this is this is one of those moments. I was talking to a couple of friends of mine in a bar recently where I said, you know, this is one of those moments in life where people are sitting around going, hey, uh, I guess we do need algebra. You know, it's like I should have been paying attention in government class or whatever, even though I was bored out of my mind. Um, because it's this is the fundamental aspect here is, is, is who is issuing these edicts. It may be legal. It may not be legal. It, but that's you got to understand who issued it, what's their authority, et cetera. Yeah. Um, uh, so do your research. I know the, I know the, the legal thing makes a lot of you uh, upset or concerned. I get that, but this is, this is where we are. And the other thing too, is, you know, a lot of attorneys will waive their fee 
or just a flat fee. You know, I've gotten a couple of attorneys on the phone where, where most of them didn't even charge me, but it's just, here's the situation I'm facing. Here's what I think the legal elements are. What, what, what's your take on it? And what kind of cases have you handled and who, who are you working with and who do you know? Um, I've even, as a sidebar, about a year or so ago, I met uh, different occasions, but I met a couple attorneys down in Mississippi, and I know a guy down in Kentucky um, who I knew in college. Um, they're absolute killers. I mean, unfortunately, and this has been said before, you know, like with judges and certain attorneys, a lot of them are just out there like McDonald's. They just want to move cases through, make money, move on, don't even really care what the hell uh, you're, you're possibly going to do. Um, but it's, it's the attorneys who kind of take this stuff personally. And, and strangely enough, you know, I mean, I've dealt with some pretty heavy stuff in the courts, but I got to tell you, most of the lawyers I've been talking to, they, they like, this topic is like personal to them. It's like, I don't care what the American Bar Association is telling me to do. Um, I'm going to take the, well, I had one guy tell me flat out, he goes, don't take this the wrong way. I hope you get let go. He goes, I want that case. I want that case bad. He goes, I may not even charge you. Um, the uh, the Mike uh, the Mike Moore thing about True Pundit, uh, you know, Mike at this point is getting inside information from government, health agencies, the Justice Department, state agencies. List goes on, and I've been able to personally confirm a couple of the documents and things that he's put out there. Where in my own agency, I've been able to talk to people who have the access and say, "I don't need you to pull it. I don't need uh, to see it, but can you tell me whether or not this exists? Is that out there?" And, you know, their response was, holy crap, how'd you even, who told you that that even existed in that, in that system or what have you. So, I mean, he's got people bringing him stuff, heavy stuff, you know, and this is a guy who started out with a website and a book after extensive battles with the FBI, who ironically he once used to work for, you know, he was a paid consultant to the FBI. He was a guy, a scrappy dude from Philly where when they were doing criminal investigations and they needed information, we're going through the motions as feds would take forever. He and his consultants were the guys that would get the feds what they needed quickly for criminal investigations. So what, what happened? And I've mentioned this on this show and Moore's got it on his webpage and it's in his book. Um, you know, he, he ran afoul of, of the FBI director and he came into, and this is out of his book, he came into direct awareness that that um, Osama bin Laden was actually in Iran. He was not in Tora Bora. And we were sitting on it for political reasons. And so he pissed off the wrong people, and they came after him, and his initial response was, okay, fine, I may back off. And then they, they shoved a gun up the nose of his kid, hmm. trying to dare him to react. And, and that's when he, in his book, and he said it on a show, he's like, that's, that's when it became personal. Okay. Now I'm not backing off. Now I'm, I'm now I'm taking everything I learned from the FBI and I'm gonna run this show for my own little guerrilla operation here. And of course, right now he's focused very heavily on the topic of the coup. There's been some uh, fans of his show who've said, Hey, when are you going to get back to Epstein and Maxwell? When are you going to get back to these other topics? And his response was right now, this is the single most important thing I could cover. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's what he's focusing on. We've got Polly St. George at the Amazing Polly up there in Canada. You know, they've thrown everything in the kitchen sink at her. They froze her bank accounts. They tried to cut off her income. They yanked her off YouTube during the Night of the Long Knives last October, along with many other content providers. And she not only keeps swinging, but she was on, uh, quite frankly, last week. And she announced that she's got several other new Canadian women who also have shows of their own. 
that that her work has now inspired other people in Canada, particularly these these particular women, to create shows of their own. The sheer volume of aggregator news sites, like I said, on the resource section of Discord, we've got countless numbers of, of websites out there. And yeah, some of them repeat each other's comment or content, pardon me. We've got Citizen Free Press, Blacklisted News, Zero Hedge, Revolver. I know V is a fan of Revolver. Uh, World Affairs Brief, Rantingly, BitChute, you know, and that, I mean, it's not just the news stories. It's it's folks like us that have our own shows. Yeah. Um, We've got protests now taking place globally in very low-key societies like Switzerland. How many of you knew about this one? That on October 1st, the citizens of Switzerland shut down several train stations over medical policies? Completely shut them down. I saw the film. You've got Eastern European leaders right now who that's one of the reasons why the uh, Pandora's papers came out. Because even though people like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Mike McConnell weren't, weren't listed, even though we know they're laundering the hell out of money. But they did go after everybody from Putin to the president of Poland and others. Why? Because most of the Eastern European leaders have just thrown it down these last few weeks and said, that's it. Um, Romania, Bulgaria, uh, I forget which country it was. One of the countries, they've started closing the clinics. If you want to get a shot, you can, but you have to go to your doctor. Um, I think Slovenia said something to the effect of we're tired of the globalist community using our citizens like like a petri dish something to that effect mm. where they're like no we're not we're not doing this anymore and this isn't about school boards it is but it isn't and it isn't even about the coup for the global economy it's about the growing awareness by all of us of what the heck is actually going on we can call them the globalists we can call them the cabal there's many references but you all know what i'm talking about and we've talked about this narrative before we, we are empowered right now with resources and each other, the likes of which I've never seen in my life. I've never seen in my life. And anyone can make a difference, and you have to believe that, and you have to remember that. You don't need to make a big splash. You don't need to go before Congress. You don't have to go into court as a subject matter expert. Um, any military person out there will tell you for all the bravery on the battlefield. Without the right logistics, you can't succeed. You know, and that's that old saying about armchair warriors talk about tactics and strategy. People who understand conflict talk about logistics. So maybe you can host a meeting at your house. Maybe your thing is just to continue your own research until you figure out what role you want to play, if any, or at a minimum, just to make sure that you and your family are more informed. Maybe you can do something even greater. That's that's all up to all of you to decide for yourselves. And I don't mean the following statement to to cause upset to to people of deep religious belief but i do mean this in a literal sense we are legion yes we are. there are way more of us than there are of them they've got the money and they're better organized but collectively we are learning together faster than it took them to come up with this crap so don't don't lose lose faith so i've got two clips uh, some humor and some inspiration. So the first one, uh, CJ, if you'd play the one from, um, yes, minister. Thank you. With respect, prime minister, it is not. The only way to understand the press is to remember that they pander to their readers' prejudices. Don't tell me about the press. I know exactly who reads the papers. The Daily Mirror is read by people who think they run the country. The Guardian is read by people who think they ought to run the country. <laughs> Times is read by the people who actually do run the country. <laughs> Daily Mail is read by the wives of the people who run the country. <laughs> Financial Times is read by people who own the country. 
The Morning Star is read by people who think the country ought to be run by another country. <laughs> the Daily Telegraph is read by people who think it is. <laughs> I'm Prime Minister. What about the people who read The Sun? The sun readers don't care who runs the country, as long as she's got big tits. <laughs> That's all. Um, the 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 last comment there. Some of you may be aware the uh, the British newspaper, the Sun. Uh, I think it was in the eighties. They used to on Sundays have what they called page three, which you know in the in the stiff upper lip of England it still surprises me this happened, where they had various topless women across Britain uh, trying to be labeled the best for that week or what have you. So that's that's what that <laughs> reference was. Um, then the other one is uh, the next clip that CJ is going to play is um, a security officer from um, a high school out in California was leaving. And so he put on a little routine with the students. And given the state of our schools, the state of the country, the state of a lot of things, when I saw this, I thought, this is, this is fantastic. So go ahead and play that, CJ. <laughs> So I thought I thought that was pretty darn good. Um, yeah. You know, he'd been a security officer at that at that school for quite some time. He was heading off to take another job. I'm not sure where he was headed, but um, the kids came to him and and wanted to put on that show with him. I mean, he's he's out there with his piece uh, clipped to his leg, you know, and he's out there doing doing the dance moves with the kids and stuff. And I thought that was fantastic because I mean, you know, the other thing tool is not to jump on any bandwagons. Um, you know, it's it's a very diverse school. You know, everybody's represented there, and everybody's having a good time, and that's the way things ought to be. So, with that, I'll open uh, the way America for... was in 2019. Right, right before <laughs> it all blew up in our face. Um, oh my god! Just... Oh my god! So, with that, I'll open it up to UCJ and V. No, I think you, you covered the gambit. Uh, I, I think it's very informative that you shared with us the 
the sentiment that is shared amongst a lot of the government contractors that this is horse crap. This is, you know, and, and it reflects also with what I'm seeing at the state and local levels, uh, even in the private sector, that, you know, there is a massive amount of pushback. And I just, I just hope we, you know, we win. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the entire thing is this. If we give in to this, this uh, jab pass, and it's never going to end. It's never going to end. And it's going to be a nightmare hell that we're going to be living in. It's, it, it, you know, I've had enough, man. So, yeah, you hit, you hit all the, uh, the, the points, definitely. Well, and I'd, I'd shared with all of you a while back that I said, as especially the, the school board thing, you know, seems to attract a lot of the most attention, especially out of the media, and that's understandable given the fact that, that it's the kids. You know, the, the pharmaceutical firms want to make money off the kids. That's why they yeah. keep pushing for, for younger and younger ages so that they hit their, their uh, profit margins and their, their uh, revenue targets. But the other thing, too, is, is the indoctrination of, of the kids. I mean, it's not meant as a trite comment. I mean, it goes back to Marx and Lenin and a whole bunch of other uh, uh, radical thinkers in the 1800s um, that it was, it was all about how do we take over the schools. Because eventually we'll win. If you if you get if you get control of the schools, you'll win. And of course, our school system, turning back the dial a bit. I mean, that all goes back to Dewey. You know, the famous Dewey Decimal System in our our libraries and stuff. Um, say it with me. Uh, Dewey was a eugenicist. Uh, Dewey was a racial supremacist. You know, they wanted the school system organized to create docile factory workers. That's what they believed. You can read Dewey's diaries. You can read uh, the founder of Planned Parenthood was very dialed in with what the, what he believed in the similar philosophies and so on. If you look at who set up the, the American school system at an organized way at the federal level, those people are not your friends. you know. And so what's the other thing also when it comes to the schools that we've seen across the country is we've seen more homeschooling. Um, one of those resources, by the way, I posted out on on uh, the resources page as well as the Vels pages, are if you are going to home educate, here's what you need to know. Here's how you do that. You know, the other thing I've seen happening too, and I mentioned this on another show, is you've got people who are homeschooling their kids, and they've got you know they haven't opened a business per se, but they've got one or two other kids also being educated with their kids by other parents who basically pay them or give them a stipend or whatever, where it's like you know, we're not opening a business, but we got two or three other kids here who are, are learning with your kids while they're all being collectively home homeschooled. You just got to make sure your kids still pass the state tests and everything else. But we've seen massive drop-offs in revenue for school systems across the country because the, the states in question are determining how much money the schools get based on how many students they have. Yeah. Well, the, the numbers are plummeting. They're plummeting to such a degree that, say it with me, the unions who represent that vested interest had to go to the director of the FBI and say, do something. Now, if you're looking at this from a Sun Tzu perspective to V, which you were talking about the other day about tactics in Taiwan and so on and Chinese history, if we go to the famous tactician Sun Tzu from China, Sun Tzu's treatises on combat, war, and uh, conflict would tell us the minute the FBI director had to issue such a statement to his agents in the field, You've just admitted you're losing. Yeah. Again, change the narrative, change the perception. What if? Yeah. Very well said. 
Velas, thank you so much, buddy, for being on. Folks, again, you thank can find you him over at the Discord. And if you need to get on the Discord if you're not there yet, email CJ over at CJ at roguenews.com. CJ at roguenews.com. And uh Siege, you want to say anything or <laughs> you know, just just no, just real quick and and darn it, I wish I would have had my phone out to record him, but yesterday I was uh, you know, picking up my uh, son from school and he's uh he's a wrestler and he and he loves going to the gym. Um you know, after school, uh, you know, great story. At some point I'll share it. And I noticed this younger gentleman was starting to walk down from the school and, and he had shorts, t-shirt on and two big flags. I mean, huge flags and the, the poles he was carrying on probably at least probably 15, 20 feet in the air. And he started walking down the, the road. One of them was the, the United States flag. The other one was the, um, the, 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 the police fl- uh, flag, you know, the, the blue protect, um, gosh, what's it, what's it yeah. called again? Right, that, the blue one. Yeah, yeah. Back to so, blue. Yeah, so back to blue. So he's he's walking down the road and people are honking and everything. And and I was I was parked, you know, again, just you know, waiting. I said, Hey, I said, you know, what 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 are you, what are you uh, doing with this and everything? And and he said, Well, after school, I started this last year. He said, you know, after school, uh, I walked 10 miles. I, I walked 10 miles with this these flags and and I'll change the flags out occasionally as as I'm as I do this, and it's it's my goal. Um, there's too much hate. There's there's too much division. We see it all, you know, all the time. And he went on to the to this three or four minute discussion about how there's too much division. There's too much hate. You know, it's it's on purpose that they're doing this. You know, we have to be respectful of individuals. And and this kid, I like I said, I was like, gosh darn it, I don't have my phone. Or I would have taken live. But um, when I see him next, I'm going to. And the reason why I share that message is because. I think to a certain degree in terms of the youth, the young, they're, they're seeing a lot. They're seeing a lot as, as what's been broken. And I think in part because of COVID, the, the lockdowns, I think it woke a lot of them up to say, well, what's what's going on here? Why, why is this happening? And a lot of our youth are asking a lot more questions. I see it with my, uh, my, my son's friends that are questioning these things. And in part, as crazy as this may sound, um, you know, and we should be thankful of, of Joe Biden a little bit. And why I say that is because it's forcing the younger generation to look at this individual who they, they see and hear, hear themselves that the media can't change out how he can barely complete a sentence. And they're like, my God, this is who, who has been placed as the leader of our country. And they're, and they're starting to question. So, so it's, I think it's really pushed the dynamics of a whole group of younger students, younger people who are really, starting to question even even more things, questioning why we're locking down, questioning why that there's two set of rules for for people in, in Hollywood, people that in, in D.C., yet they're forced to wear masks within the school system. So so all these crazy things that they're forcing, they're mandating. It's waking a lot of the young up as well. And, and, and I think that's very optimistic. That's very positive. So I just want to share that. The next time I get a chance and I see this young gentleman start to do his walk down there, maybe I'll go find him. Maybe I'll go find him on his 10 miles and, and uh, bring my podcast up, up and, and get him on and share his message. Cause it was, it was such a, a brilliant message and coming from someone that that's, that's young like that. I think it could be very impactful to, to share that message um, with, with our listeners and, and hopefully a, a lot larger audience. Tucker Carlson last night had a very, I don't want to say simple, but, a very simple message on his show last night, which was who's in charge. You've, you've had to, you've had to put the president into a media studio Yep. where now it's been revealed that the reason why they've got that set up is, is there's a giant screen opposite where he's being filmed 
so that he can read. It's not even a teleprompter. It's like a giant wall with with words on it. Yeah, it's a projection screen almost. And so, you know, Tucker's comment was, as he said, um, who's who's in charge of the store at this point? Because it's not him. No. And we can talk about conflict or friction. I mean, I, I've lived it between the White House and certain federal agencies or, or you know, my comment about unfunded mandates or, or tasked mandates that there's no backing. But we're now talking about, like, literally, we have you can hate Bill Clinton all you want. You can hate the Donald all you want. But in the final analysis, I mean, literally, no one's in charge. And that's yeah. worse. So it's like now, now you're looking at a universe of the FBI can just unilaterally do things because they want to make money or their, their agency leader wants to make money. You've yeah. got agencies with awesome power who can now dictate medical policy because there's no one in the executive branch who can make a decision. And, and even better, <laughs> to your show yesterday, V, if we get in, <laughs> God help us, if there's a shooting conflict between Taiwan and China and whoever else is operating in that neck of the woods these days, who the hell is going to be interacting with our military on national policy? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sorry. That was my inside voice again, wasn't it? <laughs> but, I mean, can you imagine? Can well, you imagine? I have a theory. I am convinced that right now, as, as we're doing this show, that Nancy Pelosi is in the Oval Office. She's sitting in the chair. And she has her feet kicked up. And she's eating expensive ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's who's running the show. It, it, it's her. It, 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 it's her and maybe a group of idiots that are linked to her and, and whatnot. And there's nobody home. Every agency is a free-for-all. You got to understand that each agency is, a, is an effed-up bureaucratic mess. Filled with the most craven, banal individuals you've ever met in your life. And they're all running roughshod. They're all competing to out, I don't know, virtue signal each other, out tyrannical each other. And God help us, man. Like you said, God help us if there's a shooting war in the South China Sea. I mean, just the other day, one of our subs, uh, nucleus subs, this is the uh, Sea Wolf class, nucleus sub. That you know that that it's going it's it's one step above what we're going to be selling to the Australians. So Australia, good job to the Aussies, right? Good job, Aussies. Is to you. You got yourself some great submarines coming your way. That Sea Wolf ran aground or hit something or God knows what. There's been some injuries, but where was this stupid stuff floating around in? Oh, the South China Sea. And what was the excuse? Well, the seafloor keeps changing, and we can't uh, figure out what's happening. Oh the my sea God. Floor. I, att I attended a conference uh, again. It was another, a different one, but out in Colorado again, I know that keeps coming up where Chinese representatives were quite torqued at our Navy at that meeting because they kept saying, we know you're using um, drones, underwater drones to create incredibly accurate maps with inside the territorial waters of China. Yep. And in a stunning display, this is, this is like 2010, 2011 folks. In a stunning display, our naval officers, as I'm sitting in the audience, look at the Chinese and they're like, uh, it's, it's a geological study. And I'm like, could you, <laughs> even the people with whom I'm sitting, we're all whispering to each other saying, 
I would not, it's not out of quote unquote fear of China, but it's like, I would not be getting in China's face like this in a public forum like this in that way. That's uncalled for. Correct. You either go with the, it's not us. <laughs> it's Australia. You should talk to the Australians. Uh, or um, those uh, vehicles where we uh, lost control of them and they sailed into your waters, uh, but probably just, it's not us. We don't know who that is. Um, but to flat out admit in that meeting, yeah, it's us. We don't care. And we're, we're conducting geological surveys. We're the most powerful off, Navy in the world. What are you going to do? You know, no, exactly. Exactly. And you, you can know, tell it, 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 the Chinese you, were, yeah. were very jacked. Absolutely. If you, if you remember this, it was shortly after that, that whole, you know, haughty, hubris-filled admission. It was shortly thereafter that the Chinese actually captured one of those underwater, uh, those deep-sea drones and displayed it. I got to find the video. Do you remember that story? That, that made headline news all over. Um, most of the world's navies have captured each other's um, yep. towed array sonars. Yep. Uh, Tom Clancy talked about the fact that we ripped open one of the ones from the Soviet Union and it still had the Texas Instrument uh, imprint in the, in the wafer board. And at first we thought, my God, they're stealing our stuff directly. And then we no, realized, no, 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 no that the Soviet Union had stolen it, but that they were so paranoid about not making a mistake that they even recreated the Texas Instrument logo just because. <laughs> it's like, just make it an exact copy. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what our boat hit, but it 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 hit something underwater. And I'm sure somewhere somebody is out there sitting near one of our naval bases trying to get a picture as it comes back into port for repair. Yep. But but yeah, I don't, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it past China to have intentionally rammed one of our subs to tell us we're not kidding. Yeah. We're not kidding. I mean, they lost one of their own pilots bringing down one of our spy planes. Yeah. So They're I, not yeah. Playing around, man. Taiwan is to China what Ukraine is to Russia. They are not playing around. And people are like, well, V, you know, the, uh, I heard special operations forces and paratroopers are, uh, right now they're in Taiwan and they're advising the Taiwanese military and, uh, starting to exercise. I'm like, oh, it reminds me of South Ossetia in 8808. Right, that worked out well. <laughs> so we gotta we gotta let Harley uh, so get on. Harley get on or what? Yeah. Siege? Yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay. All right, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Velas will be back next week. And with that being said, CJ, take it away. <laughs>